the way to get people to buy your stuff is not to say buy my stuff. It's like, hey, let me show that I understand what your problem is and let me give you some solutions. Because at the end of the day, I know that the vast majority of people are never going to buy anything from me. And it's like, I don't care about that. I'm going to help those people anyway, because by helping those people, they're never going to buy from me. I know that that's going to attract the people that are going to buy. So it's like, you got to get that value mentality. Post that value every single time and make sure that everything you do is coming from the place of how can I get this person closer to where they want to be. Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. I've got uh, Cody Butler and uh, Peter Lewis here. Cody Butler is the author of God Attitude, the definitive guide to generating consulting clients and the 90-day marketing plan. He has helped over 5,000 businesses from billion-dollar corporations to celebrity marketers and sporting stars and instantly impacting revenue growth. And Peter Lewis is the president of Seven Times Direct, a firm that specializes in lead generation and advertising for HVAC companies. The company's long-term vision is to be the best marketer for home services that money can buy. Today's really all about marketing, and I'm excited to have you both on. Listen, love to hear from both of you guys. Welcome back. And uh, just want to give us a quick recap, start with you, Cody, of what you guys have been up to and uh, what's been going on. Yeah, so we've, we've been working on global domination, right? You know, getting out there, trying to help people live the life that they want to live. It's all about living your best life now because you've only got one to live. doesn't matter what's going on in the world. You got to work with it, right? And you got to take advantage of what's going on. And it's like being able to live your best life. You need resources to do that. And you got to be able to grow your business to get those resources. So, yeah, we're really focused on helping the, the business owners get the growth in their business that they're looking for, help them with their, their marketing and get them in a place where they can actually enjoy that success once mm-hmm. they get it as well. Too many people, they get the success and then they, they still live a defeated life. So that's what we've been up to. Good. That's good to hear. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, so Peter Lewis, um, 7X Direct, we are a marketing firm that specializes in working with HVAC companies. So you know, Tommy, just working on always getting better, always making a bigger impact. Um, And actually, we've been up to a lot. So I actually have a huge announcement uh, that I am going to go over at the end of our episode. So there's your little attention grabber. There's your plug to keep people on to the end of the episode. So you're welcome. I know. It's great. (laughs) A huge announcement. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. So let's just go through some questions here. And I guess what we'll do is we'll go through these one by one and wherever we can add the most value, we'll just pick on both you guys throughout the whole thing. Uh, So we all know how important it is to be on social media these days, but many of us aren't able to make the most out of our online presence. I'm sure the listeners in the home service industry would love to hear your thoughts on how they could generate more leads on social media. And it's funny because this morning I had a phone call of a guy that's just murdering it on uh, Facebook. And he's not doing it through Facebook ads. He's doing it through the, not the classified ads. It's the marketplace. And so there's all these different areas and areas you could be on social media. So, you know, I think you guys both have a lot of experience in social media. So Cody, we'll start with you. What do you think about really kicking ass with social media for home service companies on any type of social media, TikTok, Pinterest, all of them. (laughs) Yeah, a couple of things, really. So the first thing is like, yeah, social media is great, man. It's like, if you want to blow your business up, social media is the place to do it. It's going to be 
highly leveraged. You're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. You're going to get the most growth in the, in the quickest time possible. But you got to know what you're doing, right? Because with great advantage comes great disadvantage too. You lose your money quick if you get it wrong. So the thing to understand, I would say, with social media is like you got to understand what it is and what it isn't. And social media is not a good term to describe it for business owners. I like to refer to social media as micro media. So when you look at social media, it's like, what is Facebook? Well, Facebook to me is newspaper ads. What is YouTube? YouTube to me is television. What is what a podcast? Podcast to me are radio. What's email? Email is the new direct mail, right? So it's like when you're thinking in terms of social media, you're thinking likes and cat videos and stuff like that. It's like, no, no, we're, we're down and dirty direct response marketers here. And when, when you start to understand that social media is just micro media and it gives you the opportunity to get television at 90% discount, it gives you the opportunity to get radio at 90% discount, gives you the opportunity to get newspaper at 90% discount or the digital equivalents, right? When you start to think of it like that, then you start to approach it with the right mindset and you're going to get the results if you approach it with the right mindset. So look at it as micro media, not social media. And the second thing is pick a horse and ride it. Like this stuff's difficult, right? It's like, it's, it's going to take you some time to master any platform. Unless you're just in this all the time, it's like it's going to be virtually impossible to, to master multiple platforms. So decide what platform you want to be on Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, and then get really good at that platform. Or else you just, you know, if you chase 10 bunny rabbits, you're not going to have any for dinner. You just got to chase one, right? That's it. What about you, Peter? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so for us, uh, definitely Facebook ads has been far and away the best way to generate leads. And that's still held up. So iOS came up with all these crazy, you know, updates and, you know, really messed with Facebook. A lot of people were like freaking out. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? For us personally, we haven't noticed a difference in our lead costs. It's been pretty consistent. So I think the future looks very bright there. Now, it sounds like this guy has tapped into something with Marketplace, which is really interesting. I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more. But what I will say is that whatever you're doing on Facebook, so if you're using an ads platform, if you're using organic posts, if you're using the marketplace, whatever you do, have strong offers. Have something that are going to make people really excited to you know, fill out their information and to claim whatever offer that is. You should be blowing people away with, with the offers that you're presenting them. You know, one of the things that I've realized too is that I'm starting to learn more about social media is it works through Messenger. And I don't feel like enough home service people have a really good way to connect with Messenger. I'm talking about their site with the chat bar. I'm talking about with Messenger. I'm talking about just, we use a thing called scheduling. And 40% of our jobs now are scheduled through a capacity board that no one even needs to touch it as far as your CSR. So having that person that's there to answer questions, more dialogue happens. People mm. love typing in questions and saying, oh, 0% financing, how does that work? And just being able to answer their questions with FAQs and then SMS is still the best way, and you can have an opt-in that gets them opt-in into the SMS and said, hey, you clicked on this ad, it sounded like you wanted an HVAC unit. You know, I think, Peter, we talked one time about financing is a really good offer, is to get the thing to click. So strong offers, and then the other thing, Gary Vaynerchuk had spoken at an event, and, you know, he was talking about paying, uh, one of the guys says, uh, and I have a lot of billboards too, this guy has like 100 billboards, and he goes, well, billboards are still working for me. And he goes, yeah, they still work. But have you, he goes, I'd have a hundred different ads running on Facebook that are way cheaper than a billboard. And then you don't have to pay. I think he said the toll booth. And it, you know, the guy goes, what do you mean by toll booth? Because you got to pay Google. You're paying for the billboard, but then you got to pay Google for the PPC. 
or the LSA ads. So interesting thoughts by Gary. He's got a lot of good viewpoints. I don't know how much he's done in the home service space, and I think he could probably pull it off if he tried to. Lewis here had a question about Marketplace. Is there a way to get Post approved while offering a home service? The guy that I'm talking to makes barn doors, so he's selling the barn doors. So I think you could get it approved if you say you're selling garage doors or HVAC units, but I don't know if you could do like a service, like a cleaning service in Marketplace. So hmm. I'm not 100% on that. I don't know if either of you have an answer to Marketplace. I don't. No experience in Marketplace. So let's just keep going here. <laughs> it's, you know what? We'll play with it. We'll get back to you, Lewis or Luis. What are the results that business owners should be monitoring on social media? What are the numbers they need to be looking at? Cody? Yeah, I mean, the ultimate number, obviously, is sales, right? It, it's dollars returned, dollars invested. So that's the ultimate metric you're looking at. How much did you spend? How much did you get back? But like... You're going to break that down along the way as well, right? So you got to look at what are your opt-in rates? Like if you're getting an email or you're running messenger ads and stuff like that, what percentage of people are opting in and then what percentage of people are actually opening the email or the messages, how many people are clicking on links, all of that stuff. So there's there's a good you know, four or five metrics along the way that we want to measure. The, the one that I look at the most is the opt-in rate because that's going to tell me, like Peter said, is my messaging working, right? If people are clicking on an ad and they're not asking for more information, then they're just not interested in what I've got to say. So that, that's the main one right there. If that's working, then I'm looking at you know the ROI, dollar return. So th- those are the big ones, really. Right. What about you, Peter? Yeah. Is there any other things that you look at? Yeah, so I really like looking at the cost per acquisition, right? So if I'm advertising for an HVAC sale, for an HVAC replacement, I'm going to be looking at, okay, Let's say one out of every 10 leads turns into a sale, right? I'm going to be looking at what did it cost to get those 10 leads. Additionally, I'm going to be looking at what does it cost per lead. But you have to be careful there because if you look at just the lead cost alone, what can happen is you you know, you know might stack up with 100 leads, but if the quality is lower, then you might add, end up paying more higher cost per acquisition than you would with a more expensive lead that's a little bit higher quality. So I'm going to be looking at the cost per um, acquisition. Now, another thing, Tommy, so you had brought up, you know, what is the most effective way to advertise on Facebook? We're talking a little bit about marketplace. One of the ways that we've been seeing is that using a reach campaign on Facebook to just get in front of a bunch of people in the area. If you go and you, and so this is, this is what you want to track. Another thing you want to track whenever you're doing any Facebook advertising is go look at your Google Analytics. Because what we've been noticing is that when we start running Facebook ads for people, there is a huge spike in the search volume, right? So I know Gary Vaynerchuk isn't a fan of doing that, where you know you have to pay for your SEO or PPC as well. But we found that that's been very effective. If you have some have some even basic SEO or even just bid on your own name with PPC uh, and run Facebook ads, it creates a huge spike in people going and actually searching for you. So that's another thing to track as well. So cost acquisition and then your Google Analytics. You hit the nail on the head. And this is what I always tell people is I've been having a few LOIs, letter of intents out to different companies. And I'm like, this company's been around for 14 years and it's three Google reviews. And I'm like, first things first, before you start advertising on billboards, TV or radio or on Facebook or anywhere, someone's going to go check you out. They're going to go on Yelp. They're going to go on Google. They're going to go on Facebook. They're going to check out wherever there's a review. Those are the big ones next door, maybe. But fix your brand. You know, I, I like Dan Antonelli. He's helped me out with some stuff. He helps me with the, the brand itself, with the logo, and kind of what the brand represents. And it's definitely one of those things where you get what you pay for. 
you could also go on Fiverr and you could come out with just the worst thing ever. I have a small rap company. I've focused mainly on my own rap since we rap like 40 trucks a month. And it's amazing what people bring into us. They're like, dude, I built my perfect rap. And I'm like, I look at it and I go, what do you even do? There's like 18 things that's got the BBB and the Yelp. And you're like, there's a pool in the background. There's a garage. And it's like, holy cow. I think that's a big piece. And I do think that this is a question I have for you guys. It's not on here. But one thing that I've noticed, when you start doing billboards, TV, and radio, when it's done right, and I didn't know this, is I always thought they were a waste of money. I thought, oh, my gosh, why are you doing it? When the whole company is unified and the, the branding's done right, the website looks amazing, you've got a good score on Yelp and Google, it's amazing the customer base you get. Because what you just said, Peter, was, you know, I used to get a ton of remote control calls, and those were crap. I didn't make any money. I'd get them for like eight bucks a piece, but I didn't make any money on them. Or people would call to buy a remote control for their clicker, for the open the garage. But when people call now, they're willing to spend. They're like, you're the only company I want. We see you everywhere. Whatever it costs doesn't matter because you guys, you're just the best. My neighbors use you. What are your thoughts? Because there's listeners out there that are going to say, I tried Facebook, but I didn't get any leads. But no one even knows the brand. So what are your thoughts on branding when it comes to making more clicks on Google, more clicks on Facebook, more click, even Valpac open more? Cody, I'll take you first on this one. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's great. I mean, that's the biggest mistake most people make. You're exactly right. I mean, it takes there's different literature on it, but what is the exposure effect, right? How many times does somebody have to see your brand before they're going to trust you? It's like you know, I've read anywhere from fifteen to twenty. I don't know what it is, but I know it's a heck of a lot, right? <clears throat> it's it's not one or two. It's like they're not going to see one ad on Facebook and then they're going to buy a product from. You. Yeah, like even a blind squirrel gets a nut every now and again. You might get one or two, but you're certainly not going to build a big business. So. That, that's the thing with social media, right? Social media gives you the, the ability to be omnipresent very effectively and very inexpensively. So you can use a company like Perfect Audience or something like that, ad roll, a retargeting company, and you just have one pixel, one ad, and that they're going to put your ads all over every platform. So I'm sure we've all seen it, right? We go, we go to visit a website, and then we see them on every website we go to. Their ads are on YouTube. Their ads are on Facebook. But that's actually pretty straightforward and pretty simple to do. And it's like you said, Tommy, People just see you everywhere, and every time they see you, you, you grow in their mind. You become bigger and bigger, and you become more influential, and you become more trustworthy. So that first interaction is going to be your most expensive interaction, right? So if you're paying for an ad on Google, you might pay $7, $10, $12, $50. I don't know. It's going to be a lot. But then to retarget that person and show them an ad on YouTube or show them an ad on Facebook, now you're looking at like $0.50, cents, a dollar, dollar fifty. So it's massively cheaper to get that omnipresent thing going on and if, if you don't have that omnipresent thing going on, that, that's your number one stop. That's what you need to fix first. What do people see when they Google your name? Like they say, like you say, what are, are people getting familiar with your brand? Don't worry about getting people through the front door and still, until you know, your house is in order, right? What are they going to see when they come through that front door? Are you controlling that narrative or are they just, you know, if somebody types your company name into Google, what are they going to see? Are you controlling what they see? Or is just whatever's showing up, showing up? It's like, because it's just whatever's showing up is showing up. It's you're not going to get the results you're looking for. Put it that way. Yeah, I agree with you. Peter, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, so billboards are amazing. If they weren't effective, people wouldn't use them, right? So the really sexy thing about Facebook, all right, here's what I like about it. So with branding, typically, uh, like Cody was saying, people you know, hear about you 15, 20 times, and then they go Google you. It's really sexy about Facebook. 
is that while that person sees you on Facebook, they have instant access to this, to an electronic device, right? So they can go and Google you right from there. And that's what happens most of the time with that Facebook advertising. So they see your company name on your Facebook, you scroll through it, and then they go and Google you right away. So you might only have to get in front of them, you know, between one and three times before they go and Google you. Another thing too is that, you know, if Bob and Joe go start a brand new HVAC company, I mean, they can't afford to go in and pay for a billboard first thing. That's a little bit down the road. That's why I prefer Facebook for, for that initial branding. Um, billboard, radio, all that definitely ties in. But I think that's as your company, you know, after your company has, has kind of grown to a certain point, if that makes sense. Have you guys ever heard of Roy Williams, The Wizard of Ads? No. Uh, some people really subscribe to his methodology. What he says is the population, children, country, country folks, AM radio, half of them should hear your name several times a month. That's what Ken does. Radio is still the cheapest form of advertising than billboards. A second, as long as you've got your Google game dialed in. And what's interesting is the story brand behind it. The story that ties it together about his dog and Gettle. I bring him up just because we spend a lot of time together. And he posted this on a couple forum boards, so I don't feel bad telling you. But last week, he had several days over a million dollars. Days, not the week, several days. I call it the devil's butthole because it's 120 degrees outside right now. <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate for this show. But anyways, it's interesting, just different methodologies. It seems like if you're HVAC in the summer, if you can't make money, I, I don't know if the whole service is your day from what I've seen so far. What are you guys' thoughts? Uh, one of the questions we had is going viral. you know, And I think it's harder and harder. I was on a podcast with the guys that did um, Poopery, and they said it's impossible the social media sites won't let something go viral if you don't pay for it now. But the guys that I know that are really good on social media, they're like, test 20 ads, find out the most ones that, that got the best results, and then just pay for it. Spend 2000 bucks on it and watch what happens. And it tends mm. to go viral with the money spent. What are your guys' thoughts to make something go viral? You want to get paid in? Yeah, I'll go first. You've been kind of uh, going first and giving me time to think, so I'll do that for you now. So yeah, I'll switch it up. As, I'm just going across the screen here. <laughs> as far as virality, I think it kind of depends on the size of your market, right? So like if you have a, a small HVAC company and your area is maybe a little bit more rural, you have 500,000 people in your target audience, it might not make sense to employ a viral strategy since you can kind of just advertise effectively and consistently in that local area. If you're in a bigger market, um, you know, let's say you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you cover a 50-mile radius, okay, now it makes a little bit more sense that you'd want to try to do something that goes viral, right? As far as testing it with ad first, I 100% agree, you know, testing a few different concepts out and picking one um, that works well and then just running with it and just blowing that concept up. Love it. <laughs> yeah, so, so for me, like, there's a couple of things with virality. The first one is, it's the Hail Mary, right? It's like, it shouldn't be your game strategy. Like, if you can get some content to go viral, you know, happy days, right? You're going to get some free advertising and stuff like that. But it's like, if your game plan is like, we're going to throw the Hail Mary every play, it's like, you're probably going to lose the game. So it's like, you want your marketing to be like a vending machine, right? You put a dollar in, you get a Coke out. You put a dollar in, you get a Coke out. It's like, never do you put a dollar in and you don't get a Coke out. You want predictability. Mm. You know what you're going to get. And it's like, you know, if I want to make an extra $100,000 this month, well, how much do I need to increase my ad spend by? So it's just, 
gauges and dials, things like we, if we want to increase, you know, money out, we just increase the money in, in terms of the advertising. So that's where I would put my focus personally is getting that, that advertising dialed into where it's predictable to where, you know, a dollar produces three, a dollar produces three and it's replicatable, it's scalable. Then if you can get the Hail Mary happy days, right, you're going to be the hero and you're going to make the headlines on ESPN. But the other thing is if you do want to go after virality, the thing that I found is like, you've got to give social credit to the person sharing whatever it is. So it's like they found something or some kind of secret widget or some kind of mm. great offer or something like that to where it's like, if I share something with you, Tommy, I get some social credit from you for finding something that's so cool or something like that. So it's like just putting offers out there. You're probably not going to, you're not going to get the virality, right? Especially with social media now where it, it is a pay to play platform that, you know, all of the social media platforms, they are pay to play essentially. Yeah. You can, if you get lucky, you can maybe get some, some virality, but don't bet your house on that. Don't bet your business on that. Right. So yeah, it's just really focus on finding something that if if a person shares it there's some kudos in, in the eyes of the person that they've shared it with there's some benefit for the person to share it right and yeah i want to dive deeper into that you know and kind of the mindset of that too right so if bob and joe start their hvac business and their game plan is we have this idea right we have this awesome idea that's going to go viral and we're going to make 10 million dollars right i'm not going to bet a lot of money on bob and joe right but if they say hey this is our plan for advertising. We're tracking all of our data. Okay, this thing over here works a little bit better. We're going to go with that. Once you have a stable amount of leads coming in, you have a stable system, it's predictable, and you know you're going to get X amount of leads, X amount of sales every month, then it makes sense to start tapping into some of those other things, right? But I think it's more about the first thing you want to do is create a duplicatable, repeatable process, and then try those other things out eventually. I think the most underrated thing when we're talking about marketing is looking at the other KPIs because I get the phone to ring off the hook, but if you don't got good CSRs to book them mm-hmm. or technicians that have high conversion rate or they know how to sell or know how to leave a good impression and get a five-star review afterwards, you know, you guys have both seen, you don't change up advertising completely when you go to the next client, but somehow one's average ticket and conversion rate, you look at the cost per acquisition, that's your job as a marketer to get the cost per acquisition as long as it's bookable. but you know, for example, Peter, I know you work with a lot of HVAC companies. You've probably seen some just murdering it. And then you see mm-hmm. the same exact lead come by and someone's going, these leads are crap. Mm-hmm. So people are like, you know, I can make the phone ring out the hook, but they, they don't have the right staff. They say, I can't, right now, everybody says I can't hire enough people. Yeah. So the thing with that, I think it's just like human nature. Like if something's not working, the first thing we want to do is like the first logical conclusion our mind usually comes up with is, oh, this external circumstance is preventing me from X, right? So when you hire a marketing company, things aren't going well, your first instinct is, okay, well, I need to change my marketing company. You know, maybe it's my market, right? And um, a lot of people say, hey, I know you've probably heard this before, but I'm telling you, it's true. It's my market. And then we'll have another client come in and crush it in the same area, right? So I think it's very much a mindset thing. The biggest advice I could give there, Tommy, is just like, if you're ever struggling with any one aspect of your business, always look inward first, right? Is there anything I can do personally to change this today or to make this better? And then once you do that, if it is an external circumstance, you'll see a lot more clearly to deal with that. I agree. Cody, what do you think? Yeah, so so that you bring up a great point, guys. Like 
what people don't understand is the quality of the lead is not the person that you're in front of. It's the psychological state that the person that you're in front of is in. So, you know, let me give you an example that's easy to understand, right? If I say, hey, Tommy, you want to go get some lunch after this? And you go, yeah, let's do it. You know, pizza's good. Pizza's good for you. And I'm like, yeah, pizza's good. Well, we're a great lead for a pizza restaurant for about seven minutes. You know, if we go online and type in pizza restaurant, something comes up, it's got all the reviews, it's got everything. Like, we're like, right, excellent. Just click and they don't call us back or whatever. It's like if they call us back in two days, we're a crap lead. We're a really crappy lead for that restaurant at that point in time, whereas we were red hot. We were buyers. We were ready to go. We just swiped the credit card within 15 minutes, right? So the psychological state of that person had changed. A good, a good example and that's easy to understand as well is gyms, for example. I've worked with a few gyms. I've helped a few gyms. And if somebody clicks on an ad that says, hey, you know, get a free 14-day membership trial at our gym, if they click on that ad and then they fill out the the form, they fill out the phone number and they submit that. You got to think, well, what was the psychological state of that person at that particular moment? Maybe they walked by a mirror and they saw themselves and go, uh-uh, I've never seen myself like that before. And that's not happening. Or maybe they just had some kind of moment where they're like, you know, this has got to change. So in that very moment, psychologically, they're an excellent lead. But if that gym doesn't call them within a few minutes, they're just going to go back to sleep. They're going to go back to exactly where they were. They can go back to sleep. So if they call them tomorrow or the next day, now it's a crap lead. And the difference is, you know, the number one thing, it's like, obviously, we want to give listeners, you know, actionable advice here that they can take away and use. It's like, call that lead immediately. Call it immediately. Like, ideally, like, you want to call that lead while they're still on your website. If they submit a contact form or whatever, it's like, if you can call that lead while they're still on, on your website, they're going to take action because they want something, right? At that very moment, we know that they want something. We know that they've got a problem. We know that they're in action-taken mode. How do we know that? Because they've just taken action, right? They filled out a form. Where are they going to be in an hour from now psychologically? Where are they going to be in a day or a week from now psychologically? So if you don't have the capacity to call those leads back immediately, and when I say immediately, I mean like within minutes, turn your ads off. Turn your ads off because, yeah, you're going to get a little bit here and there, but this is where you run into the, the, the problem saying, oh, you're sending me leads, Cody, but they're just not converting. Well, how long is it taking for you to call these leads? Well, on average, it's taking about 12 hours. Well, there's your problem. 12 hours may as well be 12 months. And the other thing they're doing too, and I think we can probably all relate to this, is like if somebody has a problem, like, yeah, it's 120 degrees outside and your AC is just busted, it's like, they Google HVAC company, how many tabs have they got open? If a restaurant's cooling system has just gone down, how many tabs have they got open simultaneously? Do, do you think you're the only person they're calling? Do you think you're the only lead form that they're submitting right now? It's like money loves speed, man. Money loves speed. If you want to make money, you better get good at moving fast because money loves speed. And, and, and every second that goes by is less chance of that lead converting and less chance of that money coming to you. The money is going to follow the speed. I really want to chime in here just quickly because yeah. I no, know no, that great. No, no, no. I love I love this topic. So people who are listening to this right now, I know what's going through your head is, hey, like I know I've gotten bad quality leads. Like I know there's there's a difference between two leads, right? And yeah, obviously, like if you advertise, let's say, hey, we approve, you know, 400 credit scores and you don't actually approve 400 credit scores, right? You're going to get a bunch of bad quality leads, right? So there's no denying that some people are going to be in a better position viably financially to buy from you, right? There's, some leads are truly going to be better quality. But the problem is that 99.9% .9 of people always assume that first. They always assume that first instead of diving deeper saying, how can we get better, right? So for those of you listening to it saying, hey, I know there's, there's differences of quality of leads, you're right, but you will get the most benefit out of it. 
if you always look inward first and we see how you can improve your own process first. If you say bad quality because the leads are you know lower credit, look for a better bank. There's there's so many better banks out there that you might not have tapped into before. So just keep that in mind. I love this topic because what you guys are saying, it really hits home for me for home service because the guys, they're doing that this ads and then, well, I don't answer the phone when I'm on a ladder. Get a secondary call center. If you don't have anybody responding to ads in real time, that I'm, I'm just, you need to build out your infrastructure. You have to. You have to work on the business instead of in it all the time. So there is some infrastructure. Trust me. I am the perfect guy to be listening to this because we've got a lot of leads coming in and we don't always get to them right away. We, we are so damn busy. And the problem is a lot of it happens when you're so busy. Here's what I'd recommend. Take the opportunity to find out what you're paying. Turn off PPC first. Bid on your own keywords because it's cheap. You don't want to lose those leads to your competitors. But mm, yeah. find out what the most expensive thing is until you're not so busy, as long as the leads... You know, you're, as long as you're monetizing or turn off the leads that aren't converting into high dollar tickets. One of the two. I mean, I'd love to hear your guys' point of view because right now is the time where everybody's saying, I need more people, I need more people, I need more people. But we're wasting leads. We can't get out there till next week, but they're still paying for PPC. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Peter, you can go first on this one. So what's the question exactly? How to find more people? So, so what or... do you do? Well, th there's a lot of problems right now with... I've got so many jobs I'm booked out, but they're still doing their Valpac. They're still got the home advisor mm -hmm. on. They still got the PPC. Okay. They're still running their Facebook campaigns. I understand. Yeah. So basically what you want to do is you just want to kind of put your advertising in brackets, right? So you'll have your bracket of this. We've known to work well, this, we, you know, are still kind of testing out this produces leads, but they're a little bit low quality, right? If you're really busy, I would just put, put it in brackets and like take your top tier, you know, second top tier and handle those first. And then, you know, if you have time left over, then go into the other ones. That's the best. It's an, you know, it's, a, it's, you know, I don't know if there was crazy answers to that. Cody, do you have a, a yeah. So like, like what, what I would say, man, it's like, it's a bit left field, but I would say you're too cheap, Tom, you pro your prices are too cheap. It's like, if you got so much business that you can't even handle it, well, the solution to that is just raise your prices, right? That, that's that's going to, I tell people the same thing. And this is what Taylor just said. Raise your prices, but the deal is for me is I don't raise my service call. I think a lot of people can say out here, our real money comes from setting the customer up with an expectation, but going out there with a big smile. Look, look, if anybody's got a magic power out there and they're Nostradamus and they can say, This person's gonna spend 10 grand with you, call me and I'll pay you really good money. <laughs> because I don't know, I don't know how that's done yet. And I think it's all about giving an amazing customer experience. You know, today I had an experience. This guy said, I've listened to Tommy's podcast. He's all about being, everybody raising their price to be the most expensive. I said, no, actually, I'm all about making 15%. What I'm all about is one thing, taking care of my employees, giving them yeah. benefits, having new trucks, having the best mm -hmm. CRM, having insurance, having all those things. The difference for me is charge enough to have an office that the air conditioning works mm -hmm. working out of your house. There's a big difference of yeah, what yeah. raising your prices all the time. That's not the right. case. Charge a fair price so you can still get business, but charge enough to have nice things for your employees. Right. And another thing I will say about being too busy, like I've heard that so many times. And again, back to the mindset, man. Like I feel like a lot of people, like, oh, I have this company, you know, great company. People should want to work for me. And dang it, the market is just too darn skinny. But 
I have yet to come across someone who takes their hiring process as seriously as their marketing process. If you take your, your process for hiring employees as seriously as your marketing and you are quick to call those leads, right? You're quick to qualify those people and do interviews with those people and you sound excited to talk to them and have a really impressive interview process, you will get more hires. You will find more good people. It's a I think you nailed on the head. You know, you, you, I wanted to talk about this, Peter. And Cody, I want to hear your experience. But when COVID happened, I completely had this epiphany. It's a mindset change of how important are the employees? How important are the people? And here's what happens in especially a smaller market or if you don't know how to market to people is, you know, I hear this all the time. I don't understand. I put a Craigslist ad out there. So you spend 300 grand a month but you spend $35 on a Craigslist ad and expect the phone to ring off the hook. Imagine if you built all your marketing campaigns to attract employees as well as customers or clients, like I like to call them. And then you did exactly what you said, Peter. You got to be quick. You got to get back to them. One of my buddies is working on a way right now to get 10 times better results. The average hiring time is 17 days for most companies. Get that down to three and imagine if you had a thousand people a month to pick through and you use things like Spark Hire, which they could do a recorded interview. So it just asks you a few questions and says, Hey, Peter, give me a few reasons why you feel like you should work at A1. And if they're completely, you know, eardrop tattoos coming out and they just, <laughs> I'd probably hire the certain ones I want to be able to show up. Yeah. But Cody, what's your experience with this? Because this is a huge problem right now. How do you advertise to new employees? Yeah, so the first thing is like you've got to be very clear about what your culture is like. Yeah, excellence is the bare minimum standard we're willing to accept, right? For me, excellence is the minimum standard I'm willing to put up with. So it's like when you actually internalize that and that becomes who you are, it's like that then gets communicated through all of your marketing activities. So if you're doing the brand and stuff like Peter's talking about, if you're doing these other things, so a lot of times like virtually all of my employees come from previous clients or they see my advertising and say, I want to be a part of, the, you know, they want to be a part of the culture. They want to be a part of what's going on. They're like, they, they see something going on that's bigger than what they are, or it's presenting a way of life, a culture that is bigger than what they are. And they want to experience that themselves for themselves. So most of the time, it's like the people that, that actually come to work for me, that they're, they're past clients or they've been through my marketing process. And they're like, we really buy into what you're doing here. So that that's the first thing. It's like, get really clear on what your culture is. And it's like, what do you want people to say about you? you? know, What do you want people to think about you? And it's like, this is where you're going to attract the people, right? Like if it comes down to putting ads out there and saying, hey, I need this person or I need that person. Yeah, you, you can do that. And, but it's like, that's kind of a bit reactive to the situation, right? Make sure that what you're doing, have, have the ethos and the mentality that excellence is the bare minimum standard. I mean, I, I want to say every, I'm going to advance everybody that I come into contact with. That's my attitude, right? It's like, I don't know how I'm going to advance you, Tommy, but I want to give you the most amount of value on this call because that's going to advance the podcast. So it's like, it's given that attitude of like, I'm going to help advance you in any way possible. I don't know how I'm going to help advance you, Peter, but my goal is to like, you know, help you get more of what you want. That That's always what I'm thinking. How can I get this person get more of what they want? And when that permeates your entire life and your entire business, people are going to go, Code is the kind of guy, or Tom is the kind of guy, or Peter's the kind of guy that really cares about my advancement, right? Versus how can I get the lowest dollar out of this person? You know, how can I pay them the least and, and get the most? So it really starts up here. And when, once you have that mentality, that mindset, it's like you're just naturally going to start attracting those people to you. You know, if, if you need to get people, obviously good copywriting mm -hmm. is going to work. 
you know, we're looking for rock stars, always works. We're looking for rock star contractors. We're looking for performers at the top of their game using language like that. That's going to attract good people, but it all starts up here. Yeah. So a lot of horse, a buddy of mine owns top line. It's kind of like in the Lancaster area. So basically what they do is they advertise on Facebook. So they advertise for the different positions that they're looking for. Um, but also what they do that I really like is that whenever they get a new employee, like a new tech, they'll advertise about that tech. They'll just run a paid ad saying, hey, we just hired so-and-so. Really excited to have them to the team, right? So what does that tell anybody who is thinking about working for Topline? It says, hey, this is a company that really appreciates their employees. And Lyle treats his, you know, like I was saying before, he treats his hiring process the same as his marketing. And it's funny talking to him. He's kind of confused why people have so much trouble hiring employees. Because for them, it's been super easy. So, I don't know. You know, here's one tip that I'd always recommend. I've been, I've done it a few times on the podcast. Is right now we just passed I don't know 370 employees. We got 25 guys flying in here in another week and a half, and for that comes another 12 CSRs and six dispatchers. So you know that's 40 to 50 guys, guys and gals coming in a month, which is a pretty big number, considering we're not like a thousand person company. So. There needs to be a lot more beyond just hiring is the orientation of the person and then the mm-hmm. training and, and the manuals. But I will say, here's a trick that I like to do. It's not even a trick. Buy your people lunch. Have them play games. We've got all these games, Golden Tee, Big Bug Hunter. We just bought Cruising the World. And like, go have fun and just say, hey, guys, when we go to Topgolf next time, we're going to take you out of this the casino. Just do me a favor. Go live on your Facebook and tell everybody what it's like to work here. Be honest, I don't want you to say anything in particular, but here's what I'll do. I'll give you $1,500 if you say go to work for A14 slash with your name and they come through that portal. Because I feel like if you're going to go on your social media and go after your people, but share the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Because people call us all the time like, dude, they're like, Tommy, I've seen my buddies that work for you and it seems like their lives are better. They're buying new cars, new houses. The credit scores are better, but they seem genuinely happy. So why not get that on? Hey, guys, we're having a pizza party right now. It's a Friday, and then we're all headed out to, to Top Golf. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty cool place to work, better than a lot yeah. of people's. You know? There you go. So awesome. let's go through, uh, you know, guys, this thing flies when there's three of us. I, I want, like, more time. Give me another <laughs> hours. How do I grow my social media followers quickly and consistently, and how should I nurture them towards actually buying from me? And I'll let either one of you. How do you I'll go? go, I'll, go media? I'll go Vlad if you want. I'll jump in. It comes down to the question of like, it's attitude, right? It's attitude. It's like, my attitude is like, every interaction I have, every post I make, every email I send, every video I put out there, anything I do is designed with the intention. The thing that's going on in my mind before I produce anything is like, how can I get the person closer to their goal? Does this post progress after reading this post are they closer to their goals so there's two aspects to that right so i've got to know what their goal is and then and then i've got to actually take the the time to go okay how do i do that so every you know email i'm a big email marketer i love email marketing people go how many emails i mean, sometimes i send two three emails a day people go that's crazy it's like well it's, it's only crazy like if every time you went to your mailbox there was a hundred dollars in it would you tell the mailman to to stop coming you know every time there was a a letter in your mailbox and with with a hundred dollars in it, would you tell the mailman, hey, three times a day is too much? Five times a day is too much. It's like, bring it on, baby. How many times 
you want to be posting a lot, right? Because the thing is, if you post once a week, it's just a snap of a finger, right? It's literally like a puff of steam going up into the air and then it's gone. So there's so much noise out there. It's like, if you've got a thousand followers on, on Facebook, maybe 10 of them will see it and then it's gone forever. So it's like, you know, I like to be posting quite often on Facebook. That's, that's really important as well. You've got to be seen. You've got to be making a lot of noise. And the second thing is like, well, the question I ask myself is, does this post or does this video or does this piece of content progress them closer to their goal? And once people start to see that, they're going to want to be a part of your universe. They're going to want more information from you. It's like the problem is most people, they come from a place of social media, of take, take, take. It's like, what can you give me? What can you give me? What can you give me? What can I get? What can I get? And it's like, buy my crap, buy my crap, buy my crap. But it's like the way to get people to buy your stuff is not to say buy my stuff. It's like, hey, let me show that I understand what your problem is and let me give you some solutions. Because at the end of the day, I know that the vast majority of people are never going to buy anything from me. And it's like, I don't care about that. I'm going to help those people anyway, because by helping those people, they're never going to buy from me. I know that that's going to attract the people that are going to buy. So it's like, you got to get that value mentality, post that value every single time and make sure that everything you do is coming from the place of how can I get this person closer to where they want to be. And I want you to answer this, Peter, but, but Cody, here's what I want you to think about when you answer that is I'm a plumber and I give you a few instances. There's a, a pipe that keeps everything, the gas from coming up and it's smelling funky and right now the insects are coming up through like there was a brown recluse at one of my apartments yeah. last night. But are you just posting a bunch of like informative stuff about plumbing and, and how to keep your stuff up to date? Because your stuff is more like, how do I help marketers? I could probably come up with a million posts about that. But if I'm a plumber or if I'm a roofer or if I'm a concrete guy or a garage guy or a plumbing, or, you know, any one of these, I think yeah. plumbing twice, but how yeah. do I post continually? deliver valuable content. It's easy for you to say, look, I've given you marketing tools that are going to make your life better. But Matt, I'm going to give you stuff about your toilet that's going to really help you move to your goal quicker. I mean, I, I want to be able to flush it and it flush, but I mean, how do you do that in home service? The first thing to understand is like, you don't have to be creating unique original content all the time. It's like I said, a social media post is just a puff of smoke. That's all it is. So it's like if you, you could post the same post five times in one day and people, you know, yeah, exactly. the person's going to think, well, I'm just going to annoy people because the person's going to, people are going to get tired of seeing the same post. Well, no, different people are going to see it every time. It's not going to be the same people every time. Secondly, it's like, yeah. So with, with a plumber, I'd be looking at, it's, it's calling out to the problem. So that's a great example that you come up with there. So you've got the U-band or whatever. It's like, I'm not a plumber, so I don't know. But it's like, hey, it's middle of summer. You know, are your faucets sinking right now? You know, are you getting bad odors coming out of your faucets? Here's the problem. And then just give them some tips. Because at the end of the day, it's like, by asking the question, hey, are your faucets sinking right now? Then that's going to call out to the people that have got that problem, right? That's calling out to the people that have got that problem. So if you give some tips on, you know, here's a few things that you can do to solve that problem yourself. But if you haven't got the time, give us a call and we'll come do it for you, right? Same with the seven things you can do to extend the life of your dishwasher. Just, just little tips, right? Just little tips. Just giving these little tips, and the tip is calling out to the person with the problem. Hey, does your shower? Is it hard to turn your shower off? Does it leak all the time? Here's the problem. You got a bad washer in there. Here's some little tip. You know what's really cool, Cody and and Peter? I'll get you in here, but I'm a garage door guy. But what happens in your garage door? It's your man cave. It's where you keep your landscaping equipment. It's where the bugs come under the bottom rubber. If you know, and they got automated ones to keep the house warmer or cooler, depending on what time of year it is. We can do so many things. The gym in your garage, 
So I could deliver a lot of content around just the garage. It doesn't need to be just mm-hmm. the garage or the opener. Yeah, Tommy, that, that's exactly one of the things I was going to say is that like, if you're starting to run out of content of toilets, right, then you can find other things that are like, like a customer who's in the mindset of the type of customer you're looking for. It might be something else, like a different piece of content, but you can still draw them back to your own services and they can still see you as an authority. So if you run out of content, you're just looking for other ideas around that. Yeah. You know, one of the comments here was listen to your customers and answer the questions they are always asking. I think that's important too, is to make a list of that. And then Dave said, people don't realize when they post on their business page, it's only going to people that follow their page, not going to your new customers. I think those are great points. Here's a great question. And I love this question because a lot of us don't start out with a lot of money. A lot of us are like, literally, I call it sweat equity. I think you guys have heard that because we just don't have a ton of money. So it's guerrilla marketing. Well, if I was the owner of a small, relatively unknown HVAC company with an extremely limited budget per month, say $5,000 for social media marketing, can you recommend a plan that I should spend that in? And uh, Peter, this right up your alley, then I'll let you answer it, Cody. So I would say Facebook ads, SEO, and I would say CBC, at least bidding on your own company name, and yeah. email marketing. Oh my gosh. So, I, and I just kind of want to go back to what we were talking about before, right? So like, as far as like getting in front of the customer, right? Like so many companies will save their email list and then not do anything. Or if they do do anything, every single email they send, every single text they send is a promotion of some kind, right? Here's a deal, you know, buy this, spend money on this. But if you can send out emails and texts that have nothing to do with the deal, it's just a, hey, happy birthday, Merry Christmas. You know, here are the top five HVAC scams to avoid, right? Uh, just helpful information. Then by the time you do have a deal to present, it's a lot more valuable. So I just want to throw that in there. So I would say Facebook, SEO, and bidding on your own name. And then obviously just making sure that you have some email and text marketing in place so that you can extract the full value out of those leads. Cool. So, so for me, it's absolutely no brainer. This is the easiest question in the world. If you've got a five thousand dollar budget, you're in you're in a very good place, man. It's like you you can grow your business exponentially. You can quantum leap that business very quickly. And the way you do it is focus on emergency services. Focus on on services that people are going to swipe the credit card immediately. Right? If you live in Montana and it's December and that that your gas heater's just busted, it's like you know emergency gas heater repair is the keyword you want to be bidding on. If you're in Arizona in the summer, man, it's like emergency AC repair. It's like emergency plumber, emergency whatever, right? You're going to pay a little bit more for those keywords, but it's about, I call it MBA, right? It's like, this is the way I'm always thinking. It's minimum viable activity. What is the minimum viable activity that I can engage in to get me to where I want to go? So minimum viable activity is not building an email list and nurturing it and posting on Facebook and doing all this stuff. I mean, that you're getting your incremental gains from there. The minimum viable activity that you can engage in that's going to get you the quantum leap in your business, the rapid growth, it's going to be in the emergency services. You know, like it's not home services, but I've worked with a few dentists, right? And I'm like, start out with emergency dental. They will pay whatever. If someone has just broken a tooth, right? They will pay anything to get that. If it's 11 o'clock at night, they will pay anything for that pain relief. And they will pay anything. It's the middle of winter and it's freezing cold outside and you've got three kids in the house. People will pay anything. So, you know, if you're bidding on stuff like, you know, not, not prioritized services, right? So it's like, I've got some stuff. I've got a leaky shower right now. I'm going to get a plum and I've got some tiles busted on the floor in my shower. I'm going to get someone in to fix that at some point in time, right? But the sales cycle on that could be long because there's not a lot of pain. Like, I'm not going to make a decision quick, but 
my dishwasher broke the other day and it's like, I'm not washing dishes, man. I'm telling you. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even care. Like I got on the phone and I'm like, the first person that can get here wins. That's kind of the advantage and disadvantage to Facebook, right? Because, you know, during the summer, you know, you're going to have a lot more people searching for, you know, a repair that needs done or if their system is completely shot for replacement that needs done. But during the, you know, slower seasons, you have more people who are coming to you through Facebook, right? Because that's when people might not be searching as much because maybe their system isn't broken today and the weather is fine. But it's kind of those long-term, like a leak you mentioned, or like some of those like more long-term things that are in the back of their mind. They see that ad, that's when they reach out. So it's kind of like the advantage and disadvantage, whereas, you know, some of those customers might have a longer sales cycle, but then you're also getting them year-round, if that makes sense. And get on point with your messaging. So a bit on the keyword, emergency plumber, whatever, and then take that to a landing page that says, hey, are you having a plumbing emergency? We'll be at your house in 30 minutes or there's no service charge. Guaranteed. Yeah, I think think the biggest mistake that I find with with, with that exact scenario, uh, because emergency garage service is they buy those keywords, but they don't have capacity at those times. But they don't realize it because they're not communicating with their marketing team or their agency. So they're like, I'm not getting an ROI, but you don't have capacity till midnight. So why the hell are you bidding on those? Terms? Why are you running ads at midnight? <laughs> well, yeah, that. And then the other thing is, I think it's easy to be, how many times do you search at a GMB and it says 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. close Saturday, Sunday? Why are you guys closed if you're a home service company, first of all? You say, well, I need to take care of my employees. Hire employees for those days. Take care of those guys. Let them work three days a week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, long hours. Let them do three twelves. Let them take the rest of the time off. Don't say you like to take care of your employees if you're not looking for the ones that want to work those days. It doesn't make any sense. What if there's a, a guy technician that works with a nurse and both of them don't have kids and they both want to take off the work the same three days? And then I don't understand why in the GMB you don't have emergency service or that you're not doing LSA ads. The PPC ads are way more expensive than local service ads. You should be maximizing the crap out of local service ads before you bid on expensive keywords. And then another thing is, if I bid on companies that have gone out of business, like, for example, there's a lot of door manufacturers. One of them is called Anazira, right? They're huge. They were 10 years the biggest company of manufacturer. Hardly any people are bidding on those keywords. So if you're able to find that out and they can say, hey, are you Anazira? I'm like, no, but we work on them. We get a ton of leads from that stuff. Wayne Dalton right now is four weeks out. Why not bid on their keywords? They call you second. So it's good to call your competitors and find out how far they're out, especially right. if they're a manufacturer. Because if you could bid on their keywords and be number two, instead of number one, you're doing it for half the price and you're getting the same volume because they're so far booked up. I mean, this stuff, to me, I, I've been doing it a while. It seems like common sense, but there's nothing more that I love than having these conversations. It's just you need to get out more than Tommy. I, you know, I, people are like this, they glaze over. I know. Uh, so, so, according to Hootsuite, as of 2019, it's the best platform for generating leads. And Hootsuite is just a way to automate to everything you do, right? Mm-hmm. It'll help you go on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and help you get some automatic posts on your Google. The question I have is we know there's lead gen in everything we do, Valpack still works. The phone book still works in a lot of areas. I think, you know, what you said, Cody, is you got to pick one and stick to it. But there are some low-hanging fruit. And, you know, there's a lot of different listeners out here. There's big business and there's smaller businesses. 
But if you had the ability to generate great technicians and you were good at recruiting, what would you guys say you have to dominate first if you wanted to have a big business? Because I don't think anybody that's listening to this podcast goes, yeah, I want to be tiny forever and I want to be in the truck. I don't think anybody's right. saying that. Let's talk about where people want to go. So for home services, I, I would say like, if you're going to get good at one thing, like for me, it would be AdWords. Like Google, Facebook is brilliant. And if you're going to hire a professional like Peter that understands it and understand how it works and how those sales cycles work on Facebook, yeah, absolutely, man. It, it's a gold mine. It's a hundred percent gold mine. But, but for me, it, it's hard to be intent-based search, right? When someone's typing in, I want your service in my area. It's like, it's really hard to beat that. And, you know, for me too, like it's about scalability as well. So AdWords for me, it's not necessarily scalable in the sense that there's more volume available to you. It's more scalable in the sense that it's, it fits the MBA philosophy, right? The minimum viable activity. I can put an AdWords campaign together and I can leave it for a month and come back and it's doing okay. Can't do that with Facebook. Facebook requires me to be in it or somebody on my team in it on a regular basis. So especially in the earlier stages when you're probably doing some of this stuff yourself, right? It's like for me, learning AdWords really is that MBA activity that's it's going to give you the biggest bang if you're doing it yourself. If you've got someone that can do it for you, if you've got a little bit more budget, then yeah, Facebook is definitely the way to go as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as you grow, Tommy, I mean, I don't think that there's anything that you shouldn't really want to do. I mean, I think you should always be looking for ways to spend more money, right? So like if you want to spend money on Facebook, once you cap out on that, go to the next thing, go to you know TV or radio or billboards. I will say that the biggest opportunity that most companies miss is still texting. Companies do not want to text people um, or they're doing it the wrong way, right? Every time they send a text, it's a promotion. Like there has to be some sprinkle in between that are just like a feel good, like happy birthday, Merry Christmas, whatever. And then a deal later on, right? So I would say that's the biggest missed opportunity. You know, if you're... Well, if getting it's, the opt-in is very important. Money, that's what I'm going to say. Well, let me ask you real quick on that. TCPA compliance. I know people that get sued all the time unless you're really... Are you texting them one by one to keep it compliant or how are you talking about? Right. As far as I understand, you can still do a mass text. Obviously, you want to have some kind of opt out. Um, and as long as if someone requests to be taken off, just make sure that they get taken off. You got to make sure you scrub that against the do not call list first. Secondly, I'd be very careful depending on how big your company is because it's not class action lawsuits. You're supposed to, Twilio can stop, then start. But if it's an auto, I think it's best to text too, but it's very just careful around that one. One of the things that I think is the biggest first thing that I tell people, first of all, you got to make a plan. And secondly, you got to get a brand. You know, people say, well, I'm not ready to get a wrap yet. Well, they're not taking the company very seriously. So get the money lined up first and understand you're going to go sweat equity or you're going to have to have money. Number one. Number two is a website matters. And it's going to take a while to build SEO and get your citation sites done and get your Google My Business page up. If I'm running jobs on Facebook, Google, pay-per-click or whatever, and I can't have you leave reviews for me, it's a waste if I haven't got my GMB set up. So I'm like, set up your GMB, set up a website and start taking before and afters and getting those live because Google's going to start trusting you more. And believe it or not, I like to go to a website to authenticate you and see if you're the real deal. But Let's start getting into some some of the final things because I'm excited to hear Peter's special news. You know, one quick, <laughs> one, one quick question here I'll ask since it's on here is there's, there's a lot of stuff going on with, and you mentioned it earlier, Peter, but there's all these privacy laws starting to happen. That they're not exposing certain data. The iOS came out with their iOS 14, and right now they're blocking 
You got to turn everything on manually if you want them to follow you around. And I like it that they're doing it because human beings, mm-hmm. Americans should have a choice. Me personally, follow me around. Give me stuff I want to buy. I mean, it makes my life easy. The cookies tell me, holy crap, I never knew I wanted that painting, but I like it. I'll buy it because they, they, <laughs> they get to, you know, this morning I got up and there was no grand crackers and it annoyed me. If an ad would have popped up last week and they would have known I was out of grand crackers, I would have bought them. But it, really bad, bad example. But what are your guys' <laughs> thoughts on the new data, the restrictions? And people are saying it's getting more expensive. And Peter, you said it's the same cost. Sure, I'll take it. Yeah, so for us, it's been the same cost. Now, the lead cost may go up over time, but basically basically what that means is that Facebook might have a little bit of a hard time using their algorithm to pick the right person based off of you know your messaging, right? So they take your messaging, they kind of look at the demographics, what has that person searched for recently, and then use that to hone in, right? So I think over time, it will get a little bit more expensive. Um, it hasn't yet. But at the end of the day, Tommy, like, the game is always going to get more difficult, right? Like, in, in 2018, you could buy leads on Facebook for, like, five bucks, right? Like, it was the wild, wild west. And it's always going to get a little bit more difficult. And that's why, as time goes on, the barrier to entry to be able to advertise on Facebook is going up, right? You know, companies are going to have to start relying more and more on professionals with a team to be able to handle this stuff, right? So it's going to get more difficult. Uh, but you become harder than your challenges, right? And I mean, it's like I said, the future looks bright. Yeah, for me, Facebook, like it's got to the point where I don't really want to deal with them anymore, to be perfectly honest with you. It, it's got to the point where it's like they've made it like, you know, I'm, I'm experienced. I, I'm in this stuff. Day and I'm like, you tell me I need to get a life as well, right? I need to get out of the marketing world and get, you know, start spending some time with my wife while she's still young. So, but like I'm in this stuff all the time and like the changes that they've made in Facebook are just like, it's giving me a headache, man. It's like, okay, so I've got to verify this and I've got to validate this and I've got to do this and that. And it's like, oh, it's like, it's giving me a headache. And the way it's going, it's like, it's like I say, man, I've said a few times, that's like, minimum viable activity. It's like, it's, it's really pushed me to, to Google, to be honest with you. I, I've spent millions of dollars on Facebook personally in my own business over the last four or five years. And, you know, I've made a lot of money from Facebook. Now I'm going back to AdWords, man. It's really hard. It's like, it doesn't matter if, if Google know who you are or not. If someone's typing in, I need an emergency plumber. If someone's typing in, you know, garage door specialist in Indianapolis, whatever, Google does, does not need to know anything about you. So for me, I'm all about what's the biggest result with the least amount of, of activity involved. And with Facebook getting harder and Facebook getting more expensive, for me personally, I'm looking at AdWords. That's the minimum viable activity for me. That's the best route to market for me at this point in time. So is Facebook still viable? Yeah, absolutely it is. But it's like you're going to have to hire Peter or somebody just like him because even, even the people that are in it are struggling with it. You know, I've been on the phone with my Facebook rep going, okay, well, what about this? What about It's like even Facebook can't explain to you what's going on. Even Facebook don't really know at this point. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, the only thing I like about that is with every uh, – Lemon, there's a lemonade made, and, and right. I think more barriers to entry. Garage doors is cool for a lot of plumbers and HVAC guys. Are like, oh, you don't have to have a five year apprentice. No, but then again, your ticket average is a tenth of the price. So there's pros and cons, and I I like barriers to entry because it'll create opportunities for a guy like Peter. But you're right, for me, I'm like, oh man, like I got to have a full time person sitting there too to get back to them. Whereas they don't want to call. A lot of people on Facebook would rather message. And that takes, but that's where a VA comes in and a lot of stuff. But 
Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and do this, guys. You know, I usually ask a bunch of wrap-up questions, but I just, we'll just ask one here. Yeah. You guys have stayed longer, and I appreciate it. We talked about a lot of stuff. I love having this forum. I just need to do it for like an hour and a half next time. Thank you. Cody, I'll, I'll let you kind of give us the breakdown. We talked about a lot of stuff, but tell me if you had a piece of advice for the audience, maybe something we didn't talk about, maybe something they need to get done today, maybe something that's just philosophical about you know the times we're going through right now. I'll just give you a few minutes to kind of tell your thoughts, and then we'll hear Peter's great announcement as well. Yeah, all of this stuff we've talked about today is just for the geeks that want to geek out, man. It's like, it's easy, right? It's all very easy. The real win is between your ears. Jim Rohn said it best. I love Jim Rohn. Work on yourself what harder than you work on your business. If you want to grow your business, it's about you need to become a bigger container yourself. If you want more water, you got to get a bigger bucket, right? It's like all of this stuff that we're talking about today is how to get more water into the bucket, how to get more water into the bucket. But ultimately, it's like you don't need more water. You need a bigger bucket. You're just going to pour water in. And, and that's where you know, like Peter says, and Thomas says, like people get leads and they go, oh, these are crap leads. No, these are good leads. You're just not in a position to process them. Or people go, I want to grow. And it's like, well, no, if you want to grow, then you have to grow, right? If you want to grow your business, you've got to be a bigger business owner. A number of times I've gone into my, you know, my bathroom in there and looked myself in the mirror and go, Cody, you're a nice guy, but you're just not getting the job done. You've got to go. The person that I'm seeing in the mirror is the person that's got me to where I am. It's not the person that's going to take me to the next level, right? And it's like, if you want to take your business to the next level, you've got to have a really solid look in the mirror and look at yourself and go, are you the person that's going to take this business to the next level? Are you the person or do I need to do an overhaul, you know, mm-hmm. rewire of what's going on inside of my mind? And do I need to get a new person to take this? And I don't mean a new person physically, but do I need to become a new man? Do I need to become a bigger man? Because it's not a lack you know, Tommy's probably losing business left, right, and center because like he's bigger than the business right now, right? It's not that there's a lack of business out there. It's not that there's a lack of opportunity. There's a lack of, A, an awareness of to see it, an ability to see it. And even if you can see it, there's an inability to carry it because it's too heavy for who you are. And the solution to that is to become a bigger, better, stronger man in general or a bigger, better, stronger woman in general. And then your business is just going to be a reflection of that. Your business is nothing more than a, a 3D printout of what's going on between your ears. If you don't have a big business right now, it's because, you know, J- James Allen said it beautifully. We think in private and it comes to pass. Environment is but a looking glass. If you want to know what's going on in someone's head, look at their environment. And I can tell you, it's like, if I look at Tom's business, I can tell what's going on in his head. You know, he's thinking bigger than most people. He's thinking differently to most people. He's, he's bigger in his thinking, right? So, you know, Darren Hardy, I think, said it really well, too. He said, listen... I'm going to write down everything about the perfect woman. And he wrote down a list of a hundred traits. He got it down to hair color. He got it down to the brain, what she does in her pastime. And he said, what the hell am I thinking? How am I supposed to get a woman like this? Then he wrote down a hundred things that he would need to become to get a woman like that. And what I love what you're saying is I need to write down who I need to become to handle a business as big as I'm going to get. That's right. What does the business like this look like? Who would run a business like that? What would I be doing all the day? Would I be working in the truck, taking phone calls from fires? Or would I have people handling? So understanding what, but here's the problem, Cody, is I don't think a lot of people know what they need to look like. They need to go visit the shop they want to become and find the guy running that or the woman running Mm -hmm. that and make a list of attributes saying, what does your daily habits look like? What time do you get to bed? How much time do you spend with your family? And hopefully it's who they figure out they need to become because how else would you know that if you've never been there? A lot of people are like, I don't even know where to start. Well, env- environment is stronger than circumstance, mm-hmm. right? Environment trumps circumstance. So for me, like I'm sitting here and like, you know, if I didn't get on this call today, I mean, I, 
I could quite happily delude myself into thinking, you're doing pretty good, Cody. You're doing all right. But I get on the podcast with you, Tommy, and it's like, I need to step my game up, man. It's like, <laughs> you know, if I'm just sitting here and, and, you know, just doing my own thing, it's like I'm in the minor leagues and I think I'm hitting, you know, 300 in the majors. And then I get on this call and it's like, I need to step it up, man. It's like I'm in the minors mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm in front of a, you know, a major league hitter here. It's like it creates that cognitive dissonance inside of me that goes, there's a gap. You know, unless you get into that environment where you see the gap, it's like, you know, Tom has got 300 and some employees and he's, he's added another 40 like that. You know, Tom has turned business down because, you know, he's got his shit together. Excuse my language. Like, I need to step it up, right? So if you want to start, start by watching stuff like this podcast and seeing people mm-hmm. that are doing it. And instead of going, you know, oh, I must have been dishonest or he must have done this or he must have done that or there's some excuse. It's like, you know, no, just take your hat off and salute and say, power to you, Tommy. You're the man. I admire and respect what you're doing and I'm going to step up because, you know, you're showing the way, right? It's like you're showing that it can be done. That's the first thing. It can be done. And then the next thing is like you've got a bunch of books that, you know, you've pulled like, you know, I've made some statements. Peter's made some statements and you've gone book, 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 book. It's in that book. It's in this book. It's in that book. You could probably even tell me what page of the book it's on. It's like you got the opportunity here, guys. You're on Facebook Live. Message him. Go, what books are you reading, Tommy? That's a good place to start, right? So find who it is that has what you want, get around them because it's going to make you uncomfortable. And that's a good thing. And then take the advantage of, of opportunities like this, where you can ask Tommy stuff, you, you know, you got the opportunity to get in front of like a multi, 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 multi-million dollar unicorn business owner and ask him questions that you're going to have to pay somebody else $5,000 an hour for, for this level of consulting. You've got the opportunity to get that for free right now. So, you know, the opportunity is there. It's like, are you seeing it? And if you see it, are you going to take it? That's the question. A hundred percent. Cody nailed it. That was a good way to finish up. I really That's a good way to finish up. Peter, you got yeah. a big announcement, announcement. And, and I'll give you I'm a huge seat. announcement. So yeah, I'm really excited. So Seven X Direct has sold to Systemize Media. So Lyle Horse, a great buddy of mine, we go way back. So Systemize Media basically does uh, exactly what Seven X Direct does. However. Uh, they have a really interesting proof of concept. So they actually took the Facebook lead generation and they started a business called Topline. And they base with Facebook leads alone, they've grown it from zero to I think they're on pace to do let's see seven million this year in two years with Facebook, like propelling with Facebook. So I definitely recommend checking them out. Systemizemedia.com. They are offering free coaching on specifically how to close Facebook leads. So if, if you you know tried Facebook leads before and haven't had success with them, they are offering specific sales coaching on exactly how to close Facebook leads. Cool. And you know, I love that piece, Peter. Why don't you go ahead and tell us? You know, I'll give you a chance to close this out too as well if you got any last thoughts. Uh, about what? About the what about anything? Like a practical piece of advice? Yeah, just something that you know, someone of us. Yeah, so can... like I liked what he was sharing, and to be honest, all of it was very similar to what I was going to share, but I wanted to kind of boil that down and put it into like an action step, right? So everything that they said was great, but boiling that down is something practical. Find people to hang out with who are more successful than you. You know, if you don't think you can be a, a 10 millionaire, 100 millionaire, find them, hang out with them, you know, message them on Facebook, see if you can buy them lunch. And if, if that fails, go listen to them on YouTube. You know, listen to Tommy Mello, listen to, uh, you know, value attainment, Patrick, but David, right? If you can essentially hang out with those people that are at that level by filling your mind with their knowledge, with their books, or just by hanging out with them. 
And that's the easiest way to change your mindset is hang out with people who are way ahead of you. And that will help you kind of, you know, strive to be that better version of yourself. Love it. I'll say one quick thing. If I got one last piece of advice for this podcast today, it's I realize where I do my best damage. And I do my best damage, not in operations, not in the daily shits. I do my best damage with marketing and sales. And if I could focus on that, I know I could double this company in the next quarter. So I'm learning the one thing that I need to do is I'd like to go to bed and be in my pajamas at 9.30, which is almost impossible for me. So just a few things to have the 5 a.m. club. It's a great book, too, the 5 a.m. club. But what can I do to focus all day on the things that I know no one else is getting done? Not to say they can't, but what can I get done better that grows the company? What are the big things that grow? And I got to hire the people around me to handle the things that I hate and make sure they're doing a great job of that. So I think, you know, I think Cody said some of the people that are here won't take you here. And I think that's the biggest thing you realize is right now I've got a hell of a team and it's been top rated a million times. And right now we've got the team. So I'm ready for another double. And people are like, how's that going to happen? It's crazy. I'm like, now I can go do what I love again. Now I can do marketing and sales. And, uh, you know, you guys are awesome for coming on here. This is the first time I've done it with the three of us on. And and I had a blast. I appreciate you guys. As much as you guys think this might be dorky for people, they all oh, want yeah. to know. They love this stuff. <laughs> this is what they die for. They come on here listening to this stuff going, I've got a lot of things that I got to go do after listening to this podcast. So I appreciate you both. I hope you guys have a wonderful uh, third quarter here coming up, and we'll touch base soon. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, guys, I just wanted to thank you real quick for listening to the podcast. From the bottom of my heart, it means a lot to me, and I hope you're getting as much as I am out of this podcast. Our goal is to enrich your lives and enrich your businesses and your internal customers, which is your staff. And if you get a chance, please, please, please subscribe. You're going to find out all the new podcasts. You're going to be able to ask me questions to ask the next guest coming on. And and do me a quick favor. Leave a quick review. It really helps us out when you like the podcast and you leave a review. Make it four or five sentences. Tell us how we're doing. And I just wanted to mention real quick, we started a membership. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. You get a ton of inside look at what we're going to do to become a billion dollar company. And uh, we're just, we're, we're, we're telling everybody our secrets basically. And people say, why do you give your secrets away all the time? And I'm like, you know, the hardest part about giving away my secrets is actually trying to get people to do them. So we also create a lot of accountability within this program. So check it out. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. It's cheap. It's a monthly payment. I'm not making any money on it to be completely frank with you guys, but I think it will enrich your lives even further. So thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it.